everybody, and welcome to That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. I am your host, Billy Ann Covey, and this week on the show, going to give my thoughts on the Royal Rumble event, plus going to get into some wrestling news as well. But let's start off with some good news, and that is the first announcement of the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame, as it was announced this past Monday that Jay and Mark Briscoe were the first inductees into Ring of Honor's Hall of Fame. The most successful tag team in Ring of Honor history, without a doubt. Um, I'll read this bit from ROHWrestling.com. There couldn't be a more fitting choice for the first inductees into the ROH Hall of Fame than two athletes who have been in Ring of Honor since day one and are still at the top of their game 20 years later. Ring of Honor is proud to welcome Jay and Mark Briscoe into the inaugural class of the ROH Hall of Fame. On ROH's debut show, The Era of Honor Begins in 2002, 18-year-old Jay Briscoe, accompanied to the ring by his 17-year-old brother Mark, competed in the first singles match in company history. At final battle, end of an era this past December, the Briscoes defeated the OGK to win the World Tag Team title for a record 12th time in an epic encounter that was voted the Ring of Honor Match of the Year. The Briscoes are the two most decorated wrestlers in Ring of Honor history and one of the greatest tag teams of all time. Dem Boys from Sandy Fork, Delaware have had success in singles competition as well. Jay Briscoe is a two-time ROH World Champion and one of only five men to regain the title. The Briscoes were also two-thirds of the world six-man tag team champions on one occasion. Outside of ROH, they've held the IWGP tag team titles in New Japan, as well as tag team championships in several independent promotions. The Briscoes are not solely defined by their impressive championship resume, however, they have been the heart and soul of ROH and emblematic of the company's standard of excellence inside the squared circle. Whether they were wrestling in front of a couple hundred fans at a rec center or a sold-out crowd at Madison Square Garden, Jay and Mark Briscoe sacrificed their bodies and gave everything they had to ensure the fans got their money's worth. Um... I mean, who better than, like I said, the greatest tag team in Ring of Honor history, the Briscoe Brothers, with the exception of one point where they were out of the company for about a year and a half. They've been in Ring of Honor the entire time. And I guess in a way they would be the tag team equivalent to The Undertaker and Sting. They always stayed with Ring of Honor through the good and the bad, and they're now in their Hall of Fame and well-deserved, I must say. Okay, um, on to other news. Uh, this press release from Impact Wrestling with a YouTube TV Sports Plus package. Uh, this press release came out today. Anthem Sports and Entertainment Inc., a global multi-platform media company, announced today that two of the company's popular sports-themed properties, 
the Combat Sports Outlet Fight Network, and the iconic professional wrestling are now available on YouTube TV as part of the platform's Sports Plus add-on package. The agreement expands the reach of Fight Network and Impact Wrestling Channel even further, making both properties widely available to YouTube TV's audience through the Sports Plus package for just $10.99 a month. In addition to Fight Network and Impact Wrestling, YouTube TV's Sports Plus package gives users unprecedented access to a diverse slate of competition-based offerings highlighting football, poker, motorsports, and everything in between. Um, I don't have YouTube TV. I Honestly, I don't know too many people that do have YouTube TV. So, I'm gonna say it's a good thing. That's probably the best way that I could put it, is it's probably a good thing. Alright, so Ring of Honor, or not Ring of Honor, WWE had their fourth fourth quarter reports, which included their total revenue for 2021. They uh, had a meeting yesterday, and they had a record-breaking year. Their total revenue was $1 billion. Let me say that again. $1 billion. $95,174,000 with a profit of $179 million. Last year, they made $974 million, and that's during the pandemic. Or in 2020, they had they made uh, $974 million. So, in one year, they were able to make an additional $179 million million dollars <laughs> that's pretty good and you know there, there's a few things i think we should think about um you know they got back on the road they were able to sell uh merchandise they were able to go to england so they were able to do stuff this time around and i mean if you're wwe this is terrific news that you've hit the billion dollar mark for the first time ever this is incredible because, and, and, and I should mention, this is the seventh consecutive year that WWE has made a profit in a calendar year. Um, 2014 was the last time where they lost money, where they lost $30 million in 2014. But ever since then, they have made a profit every single year. And this is their biggest one to date. So, and according to PW Insider, it's showing in Wall Street because as of this recording, uh, the current stock for WWE is $52.22, up $4.41 a share and 9% for the day. So, a pretty, pretty good thing for WWE, I think, this week. Um, especially with that Royal Rumble event, which I'm going to get to in just a moment. So, um, okay, one other bit is this Saturday night, Impact Wrestling is having, or not this Saturday night, pardon me, a couple of weeks away, they're going to have the No Surrender pay-per-view in New Orleans. 
card has been updated. The main event is Moose defending the Impact Wrestling title against W. Morrissey. Uh, Mickey James is going to defend the Knockouts title against Tasha Steeles. A big eight-man tag match with Josh Alexander, Rhino, Rich Swan, and Eddie Edwards against Matt Taven, PCO Vincent, and Matt Taven. Wait, they have Matt Taven twice. I don't know why that is. They just do. Um, the Good Brothers defend the Impact Tag Titles against the Gorillas of Destiny. The Inspiration defend the Knockouts Tag Title against the Influence, and Eric Young will defend or will face Jay White. So that is what is going on, and let's talk about well, pretty much what everyone has been talking about this week. And that is the Royal Rumble that took place this past Saturday night. And it was quite an event for the wrong reasons, I think, to say the least. Um, so, going to go through each match, talk about it. There is one that I will admit right away I did not see. And I'll let you guys know what it was uh, a little later on. But pretty much I caught the majority of it. And I can't wait to talk about what the members in our Facebook group thought of this event. Because it is such a wide variety. So, opening match. Uh, because there was no kickoff match. Which, okay, that's one of the things I gotta give WWE credit for. They didn't do a kickoff match on a pay-per-view like this. Roman Reigns defending the Universal title against Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins coming out to the Shield music. Pretty good opening match. Um, you could kind of tell in this story or in this match that Roman Reigns is starting to fall apart. And, you know, towards the end, he locks in that guillotine choke and Seth made the bottom rope and the referee made him, or, you know, asked him to break it up, Roman never let go of it, and Roman Reigns got disqualified, and that was Roman Reigns' first loss on pay-per-view in over two years. I think I saw the last event he lost on pay-per-view was at TLC 2019. So think about it. Two years... You went without losing on pay-per-view. And they decide you'll lose by DQ. Uh, fans were not really into the ending, but it was overall eh, pretty much a good match. I'll I give it a B-. Uh, Meltzer gave it three and a half stars. Now to the Women's Royal Rumble. And I'm going to be honest, I think this might have been the best of the two um considering what we're going to get with the men's royal rumble match i'm not going to go through every spot but um i do want to talk about some of the performances in the women's royal rumble match uh, as soon as i pull it up um Liv morgan was in there for 37 minutes. Bianca Belair was the Iron Woman for the second year in a row. She was in there for 47 and a half minutes. Uh, Charlotte Flair was in for 31 minutes. Rhea Ripley was just about in for 31 minutes. Natalia was in for 36 minutes. So you you had some women 
you know, going out there and delivering. Aaliyah was in for over 22 minutes. Uh, Michelle McCool was in there for 20 minutes. So you had some women that were in there for a long time. But, of course, the big surprise was the return of Ronda Rousey and might have been the biggest pop of the night, honestly. Um, she got in there. She was kind of her old self. It came down to her and Charlotte. I think you kind of knew where it was going to end up with uh, Charlotte Flair getting eliminated and Ronda Rousey winning the Women's Royal Rumble match. And she now will go on to WrestleMania for whichever title she's going to face. And I'm going to feel pretty confident from reports and stuff that I've heard that she will be challenging Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania, which doesn't quite make sense to me because you'd think with how she left, it would be Becky she'd go for, but never know. WWE might have might have something planned on that one. Um, Meltzer gave that two and a quarter star... I'm, I kind of liked, like I said, I liked this one a bit more than I did the men's. I think I'm going to give this a C. I, I, I think I am. I think that's a good grade. Okay, next match, uh, Becky Lynch defending the Raw Women's title against Dewdrop. This was the match I did not see because I was recording uh, with Jim Boy Star, and I'll plug that at the end of the show. Becky won to retain the title, two and a quarter stars. Also during this match was where the WrestleMania sign uh, had some technical problems with fire coming out of it, and they had to remove a bunch of people out of there. So, And it will not be the last time you hear about that. Next match was the WWE Championship. Brock Lesnar defending against Bobby Lashley. This was a good match for what it was going to be. It was these two big guys. It was what it was. It was what it was, the way I think of it. Just a good big man, big man match. Uh, suplexes galore. It's just showing off strength against strength. The ending was pretty good. I liked it because Lashley had the hurt lock on. They kind of run into the referee and then Lesnar hits an F5 on Lashley, but knocks the referee down. And then Roman Reigns comes in, hits a spear on Lesnar. And then the the ultimate act of betrayal, uh, Paul Heyman giving the belt uh, to Roman Reigns. And, and it's like, you know, they were kind of in on it all along. And uh, Reigns hits Lesnar with the WWE title, he and Heyman leave. Lashley just crawls over, gets the three count, and Bobby Lashley wins the WWE title for the second time, beating Brock Lesnar. Let's let let me say that again. Bobby Lashley beat Brock Lesnar. Meltzer gave this three and a quarter stars. I'm gonna give this I'm going to give it a C plus on this one. Then we're going to go to the mixed tag match. Uh, the Miz and Maurice against Edge and Beth Phoenix. This was kind of a cool down match before 
what was the main event, the men's Royal Rumble match. A good little match. Nothing, you know, nothing too offensive. Nothing terrible, really, about it. Uh, Edge and Beth get the win with the double glam, uh, double glam slam. Melter gave it two and three quarter stars. I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna put this in the C range. You know, it, it wasn't bad. But then, then we got the men's Royal Rumble match. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now that. Uh, excuse me, that I did an episode of Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast with uh, Jim Boy Star earlier this week. It will be coming out next Sunday, yes, Super Bowl Sunday, and I'm just going to say it, did not like this at all, <laughs> did not like this one bit there were very few highlights of this match, but I think the best way, the best way to put it, is this final paragraph uh, written on CBS Sports as soon as I can get it going by Brent Brookhouse. And you guys know, like, if I'm going to bash something, it's going to get it. But if I'm going to praise something, it deserves it. And this is going to deserve it. So this is Brent Brookhouse's final paragraph reviewing the men's Royal Rumble match. Brock Lesnar entered at number 30 immediately in the final six with Orton, Riddle, Shane McMahon, Bad Bunny, and Drew McIntyre. Lesnar took out everyone with suplexes before eliminating Orton. Lesnar then hit Bad Bunny with an F5 and tossed him over the top rope. Riddle was out next, and then McMahon, leaving it down to McIntyre and Lesnar. Lesnar blocked a McIntyre Claymore and then hit an F5 over the top rope on McIntyre to win the Rumble. This match was an unmitigated disaster. Easily ranks among the five worst all-time, if not lower. The match dragged badly and the crowd was lost because of it. And further lost when Kingston's big spot went wrong. And McMahon and Bad Bunny in the final five is just the wrong call beyond any doubt. He gives the match an F. This was a pretty bad <laughs> This was a pretty bad Royal Rumble match. I tried to find as many positive things as I could. I mean, I liked the beginning with AJ and Shedsuke. I, I liked that. But then after that, where are the positives? Like, okay, the Drew surprise was nice. I liked that. Bad Bunny looked good in the ring, so I liked that. Um, But other than that, where was the good where was the positive in this? And I guess I, I'm i going to sound like a frustrated fan, but I think it's deserved for a number of reasons. Number one, we all found out, you know, the people that produced this match. And if you haven't heard, it was bad. It was real bad. Like, 
they were changing it up so many times. Shane McMahon at one point wanted to look very good in the Royal Rumble match. You were number 28. You were in the final three. I don't know how much better you can do. Did you want to win the Royal Rumble? There's that. Also, the talent. A lot of these guys probably should not have been in it. Where was Cesaro? Where was Finn Balor? Where was our truth among other people that you have in the back? Why the celebrities? I mean, Johnny Knoxville we knew was coming. Bad Bunny was a surprise. It was a good surprise, but still, did we need two celebrities? And then, I I, want to talk about the ending. And surprisingly, this is not Brock Lesnar's fault. Because I'm sure people will be like, oh, Bill's going to blame Brock. But I'm not. The problem is, when you have a guy who has lost the WWE title earlier in the night, you kind of already know this guy's going to come back. He is going to come back later in the night. And as soon as he hit the ring, everyone knew what was going to happen. And then when Randy Orton gets eliminated by Lesnar, he's the first one to get eliminated by Lesnar. The crowd is done. Because it's St. Louis. It's Randy Orton's hometown. And there may be some people that thought, Randy's going to win it. He, You know, it's home. He's going to win it. And I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be upset with those fans. Because they had every right to think that. But when he went out, the whole air, the whole environment of the building went out. And I don't think I've ever seen that in a Royal Rumble match. I mean, I dedicated a year of my life watching every single Royal Rumble match that WWE has ever done, pay-per-view-wise, including 88. Until this particular night, I cannot remember one time where the ending had little to no reaction. I cannot remember one Royal Rumble that had no reaction whatsoever. And it probably was because we all knew Brock Lesnar was going to win as soon as he lost the title. As soon as he lost the title. It was like, well, he's coming back later in the night. And look what happened. He wins the Rumble. Now he's going to WrestleMania. He has challenged Roman Reigns for WrestleMania. And we don't know where the path is going to go. Because Brock is in the Elimination Chamber match for the WWE title in two weeks in Saudi Arabia. If Brock wins the WWE title, because the reports that I read earlier this week is WWE has no plan right now for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. We are two months away from WrestleMania. And right now, there is no plan. No plan 
for the WWE Championship match at WrestleMania. I've heard maybe it'll be title versus title, Reigns and Lesnar, which is a possibility. That's the only thing I've heard. I haven't heard anything else. And then the six guys that are in the Elimination Chamber match, I'm going to pull that up real quick. Because let's let, let let's be realistic. I'm gonna read. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna read off the six names, okay? And I'm gonna go left to right. Austin Theory, no way he's winning the WWE title. AJ Styles, as much as a lot of us would like for him to, he is not going to win the WWE title. Bobby Lashley, who's the current WWE champion, he's got a legit shot. Brock Lesnar would probably be considered the favorite going into the match. Seth Rollins. There were reports at one point that Seth was going to be the WWE champion to go into WrestleMania. Maybe that still happens. Who knows? And then there's Riddle who, according to reports earlier this week, was the pick to win the Royal Rumble before they changed up everything. So it's not going to be Theory, it's not going to be Styles, it's not going to be Riddle. I would say the order would be, as far as who I think would win it, Lesnar would be at the top, then Lashley, then Rollins. That would be my top three. Because like I said, I don't see Theory winning the WWE title. Not a chance. I don't see AJ Styles winning the WWE title. Riddle's in a team. I don't see him winning it. But if I had to bet money, uh, Brock Lesnar would be the one that I'd bet money on, that he would win the WWE title. So, we'll see what happens. Um, As far as a grade... This this is already in my list of the worst Royal Rumbles I've ever seen. That's how bad it was. I'm honestly I, I'm gonna give it an F. I'm gonna give it an F. It what was there that was plausible? That was anything good about it, with the exception of maybe the beginning. I feel bad about Kofi. Kofi gets a pass. The Johnny Knoxville thing was alright. Drew's return was good. But other than that, what else? I I can't give it anything. Meltzer probably was good or was feeling good on this day, gave it two and a quarter stars. Now, let's talk about our wonderful Facebook group. What did they think of the Royal Rumble event? And I gotta give Applause to the members that voted on this because this was universally like it, every grade got a vote. And, and I like that. When you get in an event like this where it's like people were paying attention, there were people that could, you know, they gave votes. So the majority of the people gave this show a D, which is actually the grade I'm going to give it. I'm going to give this show a D. Uh, second was C, third was B, and then a tie for fourth 
between an A and an F. And yes, there were people who voted an A on this. I could not believe it. I mean, I respect your opinion. Believe me, I respect your opinion. But this was not a grade A show. Um, I'm going to read some comments on our Facebook uh, group about this, or from the grading. Uh, start with Daniel Carr, who wrote, My grade would have been much higher if the WWE hadn't botched the men's rumble. I think we're going to get a trend here. Joey Furman wrote, they botched the men's mainly to help push the Lesnar storyline, sadly, and we should have had more weight what surprises like the ladies. Alright, fair point. Uh, Daniel did reply that they had set up Lesnar-Roman perfectly earlier in the night. There was no need to further it that quickly. Jason Burke, who was on last week, said that he gave the show a D. The last third of the Women's Rumble was the only thing that had intrigue that didn't have a weak or convoluted finish. Josiah McDonald wrote, Story of the show was, Young talent sacrificed for the short-term gain for WrestleMania throughout the show. Couldn't agree more. Ed wrote, Buck Frock Lesnar. <laughs> Very true. Well, no, you know what? No, no. I'm not going to agree with that one, Ed. I'm sorry. I know it's your birthday today. Happy 40th, Ed, but no, I disagree. Adam Schmid wrote, My biggest takeaway of the night is that Maurice is extremely underrated. She was smooth and fluent out there. Nicely done. And Seth Rollins is the best wrestler on the roster. Uh, Matthew Mers, who I had on before, wrote, Never thought I'd say this, but the women's rumble was the best match of the night. And Todd Hamilton, Tom Hamilton, pardon me, gave this an F, which now leads us to what was everyone's favorite match from the Royal Rumble. And the majority went with the women's Royal Rumble match, followed by Seth Rollins against Roman Reigns. And that's it. No other match got a vote. On this on this poll, which is very interesting. Um, yeah, I think Seth and Roman was the best match. I still think the Women's Royal Rumble was the best of the two Rumble matches, but Seth and Roman, I thought, was the best match of the entire show. Well, uh, there were consequences for the debacle of the Men's Royal Rumble match, as Shane McMahon was released by WWE earlier this week. Uh, I have nothing to add to that. I really, really don't. I have nothing to add on to that. And the final piece of news that I'm going to talk about this week is the WWE Hall of Fame. Now, last week, talked about the big WrestleMania uh, package that they're going to have, you know, Raw Live, SmackDown Live, Hall of Fame Live, NXT Live, you know, in Dallas during WrestleMania weekend. Well, there was more news about the WWE Hall of Fame ceremony, which is set for the night before the first night of WrestleMania. Here is what has been set. It is scheduled for April the 1st, the night before night one of WrestleMania. It will happen 30 minutes after SmackDown is over. That's right. 
the Hall of Fame ceremony is going to take place 30 minutes after SmackDown is done. So if you have a ticket to go see SmackDown the night before WrestleMania, you get to stay for the for the Hall of Fame ceremony. And it's supposed to start at 10.30 p.m. Eastern and is supposed to end at midnight. Which means it'll only be 90 minutes long. And this is why I'm going to continue to make this argument. This year's Hall of Fame class should be one person and one person alone. It should be The Undertaker. should be nobody else. If you're going to do a 90-minute Hall of Fame ceremony and you're going to honor people, The Undertaker is the only one that should get it this year. Just let it be him. Let him talk for an hour and that's it. What a disgrace for the Hall of Fame. Remember when 10 years ago, even, even more, when they used to make that such a big deal like they'd give it a red carpet it would get its own coverage it would be the night you know it, it, uh, it would be the night before wrestlemania or two nights before the night of wrestlemania and they'd give everyone the time and the opportunity to speak and all of that and this year's gonna be 90 minutes 90 minutes. Like, what makes it worse is last year was taped in the Thunderdome, which might have been the worst. I have not even watched that Hall of Fame ceremony from last year, and probably a good thing that I haven't. This is unbelievable. A 90-minute Hall of Fame ceremony? Just just do one person. Just, just put The Undertaker in and call it a day. That's all it should be. Just do that. We'll call it a day. <sighs> but I don't know. It's, it's WWE's world, and we're all living in it. Well, that is going to do it for this week's episode of That Wrestling Show. Going to do the quick plugs. If you guys have any questions or comments, send an email, wrestlingman at thatwrestlingshow.com. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at WrestlingShow11. Follow the show on Instagram at That Wrestling Show. And join the Facebook group, That Wrestling Show Fan Group. Type that in and you are right there. If you can't find it, it's okay. I put a link in the description of each and every episode. Uh, a couple of podcasts that I do that you guys should check out. The DK and Bill Wrestling Podcast, which pops up each and every Monday. This week, we did discuss the Royal Rumble. Plus, we took a look at the career of the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. That is this week on the DK and Bill Wrestling Podcast. Also, check out Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast with myself and Jim Boy Star, where... We did a kind of a watch along with the Women's Royal Rumble match and gave our instant thoughts to the match itself. 
And finally, check out Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast where I watch and discuss, review each and every South Park episode. This week, I reviewed the season 14 episode, Coon 2 Hindsight. That is this week on Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. Um, Next week on the show, going to be covering some more wrestling news and uh, going to make my picks. Well, not picks, but my pick for Super Bowl 56 with the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, that is next Sunday, February the 13th. Um, also, I do want to mention real quick, congratulations to Daniel Garcia, who won this year's Battle of Los Angeles tournament, a grueling two-day event, but it was Daniel Garcia that won the Battle of Los Angeles tournament. Congratulations to Daniel Garcia. Everybody have a good, safe weekend. If you are stuck in the snow, please stay warm. Please stay warm. And come back next week for another episode of of that wrestling show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters and as always, wrestle on.